scripture today comes from Genesis chapter 45, verses 4 to 15. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now there has been famine in the land, and for the next five years there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has, me, has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me, you, your children, and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and all you have. I will provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for yourselves, and so can your, my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brother talked with him. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God endures. Well, for the past few weeks, we've been doing a, uh, a series on faith and work, um, if you're joining us for the first time. And one of the reasons why we're doing this series, so one of the reasons why we're doing this series on faith and work is because uh, the Christian life isn't just about you coming to church on Sundays, uh, but the Christian life is also about how you connect your Sunday to your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, as well. And um, so what that means is that when you think about your work life and your faith life, they don't just run parallel with one another, but your work life and your faith life very much intersect and they intertwine together. Okay, so that's why we're doing a series on faith and work, to see what this intersection and this intertwining exactly look like. Uh, so uh, last week we looked at the topic of entrepreneurship and risk. If you missed it, you can um, hop on Spotify or iTunes or our website to check it out. I thought that a good follow-up to the topic of entrepreneurship and risk could be the idea of thinking through our career paths. And I think this could be helpful, especially for those of you who might be graduating. Uh, but it's not only helpful for those who are just graduating, but it's, it's helpful for, um, I think, all of us, no matter where you might be at this stage in your life. And the reason why I say that is when you take a look at the Latin word, for career, it means path. Isn't that interesting? This is where we get the phrase career path. And when you think about what this path looks like, it's not short, but it's actually quite long. So for us, our career paths typically start in our early 20s, goes to our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even to our 70s. And for some of us, this career path is super linear, med school, residency, doctor for the rest of my life. But for most of us, our career paths are not that linear. In fact, studies show that most of us will have three or four totally different jobs by the time that we retire. 
Okay, so this is why if you go on Amazon, over 150,000 books on finding your life's calling or purpose in life, most of which is related to our, 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 um, our jobs. So here's the one big idea that um, I want you to take away with as we think about our own career paths. And here's the big idea. It's the idea that your steps are ordered. Every single one of them, every single, one, every single step that you take is ordered. So I'll give you an example from Jamie Kern Lima, uh, which is a name that some of you might be familiar with. Uh, Jamie Kern Lima went from being uh, bagging groceries and being a waitress at a Denny's restaurant to becoming the founder of It Cosmetics, which she sold to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion in cash. And after she sold her company to L'Oreal, she subsequently thereafter became the first female CEO of L'Oreal in over 100 years. Now, when you take a look at the Wall Street Journal and you see the headlines, Denny's waitress becomes billionaire. We're like, oh, this is amazing. Like, these are the stories that we love with someone going from like rags to riches or in her words, um, underestimated to unstoppable. Like, these are the kinds of stories that we love. But when we hear these stories, what we often don't hear about is the things that she had to go through, the path that she had to go down to get this kind of story. What you don't hear is the fact that she was not paid for the first three years of her own startup. <laughs> These are the stories that you really don't hear. And so as we, as we think about our own paths and, uh, and, and the careers that, that we all go on, if there's one thing that I want us all to remember, um, just like Jamie does with her time at Denny's, it's that every single one of our steps are ordered. As circuitous and arduous and difficult as they may be, they're ordered by God. And so what I want to do is to sort of take flight 10,000 feet up in the air, and I want us to take an aerial view of the life of Joseph and his career path. And there's three things that I want us to see as we take a look at the life of Joseph. Number one, that every step is for a reason. Number two, every step is for your growth. And number three, every step can lead to a greater step. Okay, so take a look with me at verse four and nine. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says, God has made me Lord of all Egypt come down to me, don't delay. So in verse 4, we read that Joseph is a slave. Verse 9, we read that he is Lord of all Egypt. And so the question is, how in the world does this happen? So let's just put some meat and context behind Joseph's story. Okay? Joseph is, at the time, the youngest of 11 boys, which means he's the baby. Therefore, he's treated like a prince. Around the age of 17, his 10 other brothers, out of sheer jealousy of Joseph, they sell him off as a slave, okay? Now, I realize that all of us come from dysfunctional families, but if your brothers and sisters sell you off as a slave, that's pretty bad, okay? To make matters worse, he's not only sold off as a slave, but his traffickers deport him to a foreign country where he does not know the language or the culture, Egypt, okay? He has no hope or expectation of ever returning home to see mom and dad. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? 
But to make matters even worse than that, he's not only sold as a slave by his own brothers, deported to another country, but during his time as a slave, he is falsely accused of a crime that he did not commit, and he's thrown in prison for the next two years of his life. Can you imagine the kind of trauma that Joseph must have felt experiencing all of this at such a young age? But it was during his time in prison, during those two years, that there was a seminal moment And we all have these seminal moments in our lives, maybe four or five critical moments in our life that can change the entire trajectory of our lives. And it was during his time in prison that Joseph experienced this one seminal moment where he could help Pharaoh. And because he was able to help Pharaoh, he was not only released from prison, but he was elevated to the status of basically the vice president of all of Egypt. When you take a look at verse 9, Joseph says, God made me Lord of all Egypt. He didn't say, I made a name for myself. But what does he say? God is the one that made me Lord of all Egypt. And so what that means is that Joseph had this clear recognition that all of his steps were ordered by God. This was not random. This was not uh, just by coincidence or happenstance. But Joseph believed that every single one of his steps was ordered by God. Similarly, every single one of your steps is ordered by God, step by step by step. Uh, To go back to Jamie, Kern Lima, when she uh, worked at Denny's, one of the things that she'll tell you is that had she not been a waitress at Denny's, she would not be where she's at today. And so the way that she... um, treated her Denny's experience was like a master class on how to become a successful person. So her particular Denny's, all sorts of problems. Uh, One of the problems, pancakes took an hour to come out. So as the waitress, her customers, super hangry, they're like, where where are my pancakes? And so what, what would end up happening is that she would not get tips. And back then she really, really, really needed those tips. And so she realized, okay, I can't control how fast the pancakes come out but I can kind of control their level of hangriness. So a lot of small talk, give them more drinks. And so what, what was she doing? She didn't see these obstacles as obstacles, but she saw them as opportunities. Okay, she wasn't, she wasn't just doing a job, but what was she doing? She was being a student of greatness. Okay, she was problem solving like a boss. And so when she looks at her time at Denny's, she sees that this was a critical moment in her life to get to where she is, right? So she believed that every single one of her steps were ordered. And similarly, I will say this, understanding that your steps are ordered as well frees you to look at your current situation, whether you love it or hate it, it frees you to look at your current situation as the place where you most need to be at this juncture of your life. Can I just say that again? When you understand that your steps are ordered by God, it frees you to look at the current place you are in life as the place where you most need to be. Whether you're working at Denny's or you're a billionaire, your job is not to pry open the curtain of God's hidden will for your life. Your job is to simply bloom wherever God plants you. So every step is for a reason, and secondly, every step now is for your growth, so where you can bloom and be planted. So take a look with me at verse 5, 14, and 15. 
Joseph says this to his brothers. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept. And Benjamin embraced him weeping. And he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterwards, his brothers talked with him. Oh, man, I, I, I wish we could have just been a fly on that wall and just listened to what those conversations must have been like. Because if you think about it, like Joseph had the power now at this point in his life to take revenge on his brothers. He could have had them all annihilated. But what does he do instead of taking revenge? He shows nothing but grace and mercy. Incredible. As much power and as wealthy as he was, he was far more powerful and wealthy inside of his heart. Okay. Now, why are we talking about Joseph's character when I thought that this was supposed to be a sermon about our career paths? Well, I think it's important to talk about our characters as we think about our career paths because God does not just call us to a job, but he calls us to a whole life. Okay, so before I mention that our, the Latin word for career is path, you know what the Latin word for vocation is? Calling. This is why we often say things like, I'm trying to figure out God's calling for my life. So when you think about the word calling, again, God doesn't just call us to a job, but he calls us to an entire life. So for example, Ephesians 4, verse 1, it says this. As a prisoner, this is Paul speaking, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling, there's that word again, that you have received. And in this context, calling is not just about what we do, but it's about who we are. Vocation is not just about what you do, but it's about who you are. It's who before do. Okay? So we all have a career calling, but we also have a faith calling as well, okay? which is equally, if not even more, uh, important than that. So what we do matters but who we are becoming matters even more. So this is why you can be a C-level person, still be a jerk. Uh, you can be what David Brooks would say, you can be a social justice warrior, still be a moral schmuck, he says. You can be great at making a living, stink at living life. So God doesn't just call us to a job, but he calls us to a whole life as well. And I think one of the reasons why this is important for us to understand is because your personal development, sanctification, growth, whatever words you wanna use, your personal development and sanctification not only honors God, living a life worthy of the gospel, your personal life and development not only honors God, but your personal development is also professional development as well. The two actually go hand in hand. So read any, read, read John Maxwell, Peter Drucker, Jim Collins, read any leadership guru, and they will say over and over and over again, skill set and giftings matter. You know what matters more? Character. So our character is is inexplicably intertwined uh, with our calling and our vocations as, as well. So and I think the reason why this is important in our context here is especially if you're in your, if you're in your uh, 20s and early 30s, if, you, if you're in your 20s and early 30s, let me just say this. If you are given a position and platform too early where you are overexposed yet underdeveloped, where your talent is up here, character back here, you're not only gonna hurt other people, you're gonna hurt yourself. If you're overexposed yet underdeveloped. So could it be possible, knowing that, 
that God might be withholding something that you actually want at this juncture of your life. Not because he hates you, but actually because he loves you. He wants to save you from yourself. You're not ready for this yet. Why? Because your character, again, is tied to your calling. He's not just calling you to do a gig. He's calling you to a whole life. And at this juncture of your life, your character is still way behind the talents, skill sets, and smarts uh, that you might have. So here are a few diagnostic questions for us. Do you tend to place more emphasis on what you do than who you are? If you place more emphasis on what you do, how can you make that paradigm shift to focus more on who you are becoming? Is your talent ahead of your character? Do you see this time as preparation season to grow in character, or do you see this time merely as a roadblock in your life? If personal development is professional development, then what are you doing about your own personal development? Because God does not call us just to a job, but he calls us to a whole life. So every step is for a reason. Every step in your life is for your growth. Lastly, every step can lead to a greater step as well. So take a look with me at verse 6 and 8. For two years now, there had been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. So for two years, there had been a famine, five more years of famine to come. For a total of seven years and when you take a look at all the things that joseph is saying he's basically saying that god has prepared him for uh, this moment in other words what he's saying here is that every step in joseph's life from being sold as a slave to uh, being deported to being imprisoned to being elevated to sort of second in command every step led to a greater step for such to use the words of mordecai for such a time as this and so joseph believed that God was preparing him for this moment to save the world from this famine. And I think similarly, as you think about your own lives, every step that you take is preparing you for another bigger step that is ahead. So let me tell you a story. So uh, before we started Exilic, I was uh, a part-time doctoral student. What you might not know is what I did with my remaining time. I did manual labor for my friend's dad's warehouse. Uh, oftentimes, mopping the floor after Hurricane Sandy and lifting boxes. It was just the two of us. And more, more often than not, it was just me working by myself in this warehouse. I was a cashier at a car wash. I sucked. Tuesdays, Senior Citizen Day, 65 and older, you, you got a discount. You know how many people I offended? Because <laughs> I thought they were over 65. Hated it. Sports writer wrote about the NBA. Um, dated Hannah, full-time job. Um, so this, this, is, this, is what, this is what I was doing, but there were three things that I thought to myself as, you know, I was, I was at this season of my life. Number one, my steps are ordered. Uh, number two, I view today as preparation for tomorrow, whatever tomorrow holds. And I thought to myself, nothing is too beneath me. I don't care if I'm mopping the floor, cashier at a car wash, Nothing is beneath me because he is preparing me today for whatever, whatever tomorrow holds. And I did not know what tomorrow held. Thirdly, I always wanted to be a student of greatness no matter where I was. So Hannah and I, we'd often go to all these different churches. And I would go to one church and be like, oh, man, that service was incredible. 
go to another church. <laughs> that sermon was so long. <laughs> so I just wanted to be a student of greatness and just learn and learn and learn. When you take a look, a look at the life of Joseph, he was a student of greatness. What is greater than God? The fact that he had all of these theological reflections about who God was and what God was doing, this takes an enormous amount of introspection and thought and prayer. He could have easily gone the path of bitterness, hatred, where are you, God, and ang you know, being angry. But the fact that he is here shows you the amount of, shows you the kind of student that he was. Her people, her people. But the fact that he lovingly embraces his brothers shows that there was a lot of healing that took place in his life, a lot of growth that took place. He was a student of greatness because he kept his eyes and he studied God. I don't know if Joseph would have been put in this position had there not been some growth that was taking place in his own personal life. And as a result of this, these little steps led to this ultimate great step uh, that he was taking where he would eventually save the world from this famine, bring about a great deliverance, and even save his own brothers who betrayed him and stabbed him in the back. Now, when you hear this story about a person saving the world, great deliverance, even for those who betray and stab him in the back, what story does that kind of sound like? It's obviously pointing to the greater Joseph, who is Jesus who is our Savior, who saved the world from its sins, even to those who betrayed him, his enemies, you and me. And when you take a look at the life of Jesus, you see that God ordered every one of his steps. He was born 2,000 years ago from a virgin, but did he die on the cross the next day? No, he did not. Every one of his steps were ordered. It wasn't until he hit the age of 10, no, 20, no, 30, that he began his public ministry. And the culmination of his ministry, three years after that, was on the cross. And throughout the three years of his life, and actually the 33 years of his life, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies. Every one of his steps were ordered. And after he died for our sins, not on the first day, not on the second day, but on the third day, just like it was planned and ordered, he rose again from the dead. God had a plan for his son Jesus, and you know what? He has an eternal plan for you as well. Not just a salvation plan, but even a plan for your careers, just like he did for Lydia, upper class businesswoman, maybe lived on the Upper West Side or Tribeca in the fashion industry, just like he had for Queen Esther, who became a commoner to a queen, just like he did for Peter, who was a blue-collar fisherman, just like he did for Luke, who was a white-collar doctor, just like he did for Joseph, who became a slave, eventually became the vice president of all of Egypt. Now, you might have to wait to experience this great step, just like Jesus did till he was 30, just like Joseph did he was till he was 30, or just like Moses did till he was 40. You might have to wait, but one thing is clear. All of your steps are ordered. Every single one of your steps is for a reason. Every step is for your growth, and every step can lead to a greater uh, step for you as well. So bloom wherever God plants you. View today as preparation season for tomorrow, 
and be a student of greatness. Okay, don't view impediments as obstacles. View impediments as the point. Could it be possible that what you perceive as a wrong turn is exactly the turn that God wants you to take to take you to the right place? Could that be possible? Your steps are ordered. Every step is for a reason, for your growth, and every step can lead to a greater step. And I want to see all of you take great steps and do something big with your lives. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, I, I know that um, there is a, a curiosity that we all have to see the entire blueprint of our lives. Uh, but so often you only show us three feet, and you want us to simply have faith and trust in you. So help us to do that. Um, but wherever you plant us, and I realize that we're all planted in different areas of our lives, uh, help us to bloom where we are planted. Even if it might be unglamorous and we might be in that earlier stage just like Joseph was, or maybe we're in a later stage of life where you know, we're experiencing a lot of success like Joseph did later in his career. Help us to view today as preparation season for tomorrow. Help us to be students of greatness. Help us to keep our eyes on you with a lot of theological reflection just like Joseph did along the way. In your name I pray, amen.